Hello, my name is Lilian Ogazi and this is Nigeria Daily. Agriculture has always been said to be the thriving stone for Nigeria and Nigerians. Unfortunately, it seems Nigerians are turning away from this untapped well of wealth, all in search of white-collar jobs. According to a report carried out by the National Bureau of Statistics, Nigeria has imported 300 billion naira worth of palm oil in six years. What happened to our local production? A large-scale palm oil producer tells us how the palm oil business has been for her for the past 10 years. I am Lolo Hamugie Maria. I produce palm oil. Sometimes I buy from those that have them. Sometimes I get, in fact, I get from my own to produce the oil. How long have you been into palm oil production? Most 10 years now or more. We do have palm oil. But our problem is most people, initially, people were not really into it. But currently, people have known the value or have seen the value of palm oil and they started going into palm oil production. Sometimes it's land that uh, limits one from uh, planting because some people buy with, uh, the seedlings and plant. So land kind of limits people from going into it okay. and then finance too. Because if you don't have money, you can't buy it. Because sometimes I... When I process my own, then I buy from others and store. Then at the peak, I sell off. So formally, before now, you said you've been into it for almost 10 years now. The quantity you used yes. to store and produce, is it as much as what you have now? Uh, you know, when one starts a business, one has to graduate from one level to the other. So when I started, it wasn't as large as I am doing now. Because I have really increased in my production so like how many drums do you produce now and how many do you used to produce then then i used to have one drum or two drums mm-hmm. but now i mom, i have i used to have up to five drums or six drums and are you seeing are you making as much money as you expect to make from the business yes yes there's money in it there's money in it okay so how do yes, you harvest do you yes. hire people and pay people to do so and are the services cheaper now or more expensive now than before i hire people i hire costlier now because before now they used to cut the one palm tree they would cut it at 200 naira but now as that okay from last year this year they increased it to 300 and i learned they have some people have started collecting 400 again for them to cut one palm tree for one so do you see this business this is your palm oil business do you see your children taking over from it from you or you see them wanting to, maybe they might decide to do white-collar jobs. For now, you're doing it. And we know that age will tell. You know, time will tell. So do you see your children taking over from you when you're done? Well, everybody has a God-given talent. It's not everybody that would like to go into it. Actually, my second son would have loved me. I think he will have, he has the interest that he is going into another kind of oil right now. So I don't know. It depends on him and his plan. That was Lolo Amuzie, a large-scale palm oil producer. On the other hand, Mr. Nduka's still on how his palm oil business is worth nothing seems disturbing. Let's listen to him. Michael Omika. I'm from Abia State. Ubakala in Abia State. I remember back in the early 80s when I, we help our me and my siblings we help our father and our parents in the in our in his palm palm oil business the palm plantation we go to the uh, farm and the place the forest where the palm trees are and we get to assist in, in the whole process of 
extracting and processing palm oil. It was very, it was a very big business back then. So when my father got old and he exactly couldn't continue, uh, me, myself, and I think two of my two of my other brothers, we decided to continue this, this business. We made good money back then because we sold in bulk. We stored it in this um, these very big uh, containers. Uh, so we, after the processing, we 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 store it and send it in bulk to the markets. We send it to markets in in the, in Aba, in Eboin, in Anambra and some of these things. It was a very interesting time, well, at least if after every season or every process, we could each make a profit of about over 200,000 individually. And you know what 200,000 back in the 90s was then, or rather we say in the early 2000s when we really got to fully understand the business. So it was very interesting then and you know it's uh, it was the kind of money I used to settle settle down and you know start my life. Eventually as things got went on the business um, wasn't going so smoothly anymore. It became more difficult to to process and also store because there were not, not a lot of people buying and most people also had uh, gone into the business. The problem majorly that we started having was getting to have young men that we were capable of you know climbing these uh, trees to help bring down and extract this this uh, palm palm nuts. I'll just say we, we started what started affecting this business was Nigeria and its civilization. In other countries like uh, Malaysia and Thailand and the governments rather had a way to help the the farmers to to assist them in being able to make and process this palm nuts easier. But we were still left with the same old methods of having to climb these trees and sometimes we had some accidents and it, was, it became very difficult getting young men to do such because people decided to go to school, people decided to venture into other businesses. I myself now am into another business. I sell spare parts. I sell car spare parts now. The business has been abandoned, if I will say. I still have some young men that, you know, just help me produce very little quantities that my family and my extended family get to consume. That was Mr. Nduka Michael from Ubakala telling us how his palm oil business has dwindled over the years. You are listening to Nigeria Daily. We'll be going on break. Do stay. You're welcome back. This is Nigeria Daily coming to you from Daily Trust Online. In this episode, we're looking at the palm oil business in Nigeria and how despite in-country production, it is not completely what it used to be for some farmers. 
Before we went on break, we spoke to two farmers, one who said her oil production has thrived in the last 10 years and another who said it has dwindled to nothing in the last 10 years as well. In a recent report by the National Bureau of Statistics, indicate that the product itemed palm crude oil is often among the top five imported agricultural products into the country, meaning we do not produce enough to suffice the country's consumption. Historical records suggest that Nigeria had a very fine collection of genplasm, the oil palm planting material, which the world liked. Most of the palm oil then came from the wild grooves, They were not planted because we had a natural groove of oil palm. The oil palm is native to West Africa and is endemic to Nigeria. Eventually, the Malaysians understood that they had to have a West African genplasm and since the Nigerian Institute for Oil Palm Research had established globally known genplasms, they, the Malaysians, had to come and collect the materials. Since the exchange, Not much has been achieved by Nigeria, and it continued to import the product. On the other hand, Malaysia is the world's second largest producer and exporter of palm oil after Indonesia. With such a rare gem, at what point did we lose it? Bisola Fatoye speaks with an agri-economist. Victor Okoroa is a name, a professor of agricultural economics, University of Ibadan. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, we didn't just get here in a day. <laughs> like you hear the common adage, Rome was not built in a day. Nigeria did not just get to this point in importing palm oil in a day. We've been importing. So what's new about it? Uh, because we refused to do what we needed to do. Now you ask yourself in the 60s, what or 50s and early 60s, what were the drivers of, economy, of the country? It was more or less agriculture, particularly this key, which we call tree crop agriculture or which we call cash crop agriculture. For example, we had rubber, we had cocoa, we had the granite pyramids, we had palm oil. We're exporting these things. Now, all of a sudden, we saw the black gold, which is the crude oil. And rather than concentrate on how to expand. We had, we had what they call, uh, what do they call it now? Estates, where they used to, where they got people to stay and to develop them, to grow these crops. But over time, when the black gold came on board, we just neglected all these things and did not encourage farming, did not ensure that farming was not such that it was drudgery in a kind of way. Empower the farmers with all the technologies that were available to ensure that not only for export, we also will refine within the country with value addition. We were not doing those things. We are following the normal routine of normal export of primary products. So, of course, over time, this there was no encouragement for people who would have been in the middle, which we call the downstream, who would have taken up and encouraged those who were in the upstream, so that in case of a glut in the market, in the international market, you have the old home sector mopping up and ensuring that there's continuity. We didn't have this. We didn't have place for what we call uh, storage to be able to store what was produced for long shelf life. So these issues have been, not just now, we should not be crying wolf now. We've been down long ago. I'm talking about the early, the 50s and the early 60s before we discover oil. After that, when we discover oil, we just saw agriculture as a second-tier event. It didn't really matter. And we capitalized because we had our Naira then, yes, was more valuable than the dollar. So we could impart anything. 
And so our taste, which was more of inward taste, changed to taste of wanting things abroad, wanting the Uncle Ben's, wanting the uh, uh, turkey oil and all those stuff. Of course, what will happen? People's taste did change. People started migrating to the urban center. And so what will make people more lively is things abroad and things internal. And so we brought this to ourselves. So I said, let's not stop. Let's stop crying wolf. We have not helped ourselves. And we must say the truth. So we just spoke about palm oil, and I, I believe that palm oil is just one of the many other resources that have been neglected, if not totally cut off. So what other products would you say that Nigeria can do better with when it comes to utilizing our resources? Look, we can get, let me start from the palm oil instead. We have vast land. How many people have been encouraged to go into planting plantation of palm oil? And then how to process this palm oil to what we need and what can be exported. How many? That's one. The rubber is already doing this. The rubber factory, Mechilin, which used to be in Nigeria, it was using our rubber. It's not in Ghana. So, butter, which you know, you know butter, you know butter. Yes, butter. Yes. Yeah, I'm yes. sure you've had butter. We used to wear butter those days. Good solid shoe. They are not my life again. Okay, talk about the cocoa. Our cocoa now, which was rated number one, is now number three or number four in Africa now. And I asked myself, good example, let me even use that cocoa. How many of us eat chocolates? How many of us use cocoa for things which are more useful for a lot of things? Most people don't know the, the advantage of taking cocoa. Cocoa, apart from the fact that you use it for chocolates and the butter you get, it's also useful for health. So I asked myself, when internally we're not even consuming the byproducts of or the value-added products of some of these things, how do you want to encourage its production? Because if only it is the primary product you export, there are people competing with primary products. Mm. Where are the other value-added products you could also export and diversify? So these are issues. So there are several of them. Cutting, where is cutting today? We are nowhere in cutting. All the genery is in Kano. You know about the genery in Kano. Yes, Textile yes. and the, They are all dead. There are some are just struggling. We have resources, but you see, how we... And what is happening to us, for us to know that let's use made in Nigeria product, mm. let's use made in Nigeria things. But no, we want the important things. And that's why our the value of the Naira will continue to melt. There's nothing you can do about it, except we change from uh, international consumption to relying on domestic-made goods consumption. That was what Maurice Allah wanted to bring one time. Of course, it didn't last long before we changed the way and all those things. Some other government tried to bring it, but they didn't follow through because those around them were willing to just continue with the imported stuff. A good example, if you look at rice, how many of us have told ourselves, let's stop eating imported rice. Let's try to see how we can improve our own local rice. Yes, I agree that there are stones, but can we also design the machines within locally that will ensure that these stones are gone off and that we can enjoy our own rice, which is richer and better than this over-polished rice? These are issues. So there are several of them like that. And I don't know. Uh, decide to be a Nigerian. I won't go. I won't jack back. But I've just told myself, well, until thy kingdom come, maybe God will save us. That was Victor Okorua, a professor of agricultural economics, University of Ibadan. Hmm. God bless Nigeria. And that wraps up the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Lilian Ogazi. Bye for now. Bye for now.